0: Oh, For initiative with the two of us or not? you <laughs> uh, flip a coin. What do we What do we do? Hey, this is Trevor. This is Mason. I am. Oh, dang, it. <laughs> dang it! I paused too long. We're We're still not good at this You're this podcasting thing. We're We're working on it. These jackasses forgot to say the name. It's Bods and Bees. We're getting slightly better, but it's going to be a bit of a different episode because it's only two of us. I don't know if that will be better or worse. What do you think? I mean, I think this is like.
1: We, we, we're off we, to a strong start. <laughs> yeah, we're off to a great start, right? We've had like some pretty decent intros, and then I just like dive headfirst in blindly. That was. Mm, I'm feeling great. This is this going to be a very stimulating intellectual conversation and very thoughtful and planned out, definitely.
0: <laughs> always, always. Well, we do. Our goal when we. Came up with the premise of this podcast was to have a conversational tone. We'll see if that stays relevant, or if we just have all conversation because we we kind of we go we go back and forth. We usually hit a theme, and then we're like tangential to the max. I mean, that's, in some episodes, that's part of our charm, right? I hope so. I, well, I certainly hope so. I,
1: if not, we're kind of wh- screwed. <laughs>
0: Why is it only us this week, besides scheduling? uh,
1: Besides scheduling, it's because we are the two people who run games, and the topic of this week is prepping for a and d or tabletop session. Uh, if you are a player, your prep is fairly straightforward, and if you'd like information about that, head back to our episodes on engagement.
0: Yeah, I, I think the engagement episodes are definitely a great starting point as a player to figure out like where, where to get some inspiration to bring to the table, uh, your first couple sessions. This is definitely going to be focused more at like running a game, managing a table. What, what do you need? You got a session on Friday and it's Monday. What do you got to have? What should you have ready to go? Um, what are some extra bonus point additions and like, what's the bare minimum, you have an hour to prep. Um, I, I have. We're gonna, kind of we're gonna, we're gonna try and kind of hit the hit the the gamut highs and lows of being a DM.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. You can think of this really if if you are a GM or a player who wants to learn about GMing, like that's a valid reason to listen to this as well. It's not like barring players from listening. It's just this may not be your cup of tea. Um, this is a continuation of sort of like the starting the campaign trilogy of episodes, right? Where you You've done all that stuff and you've started to g m and now you want to continue improving and a, an easy place to look at is just preparing you know the 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 better prepared you are, the better your session should be right would you say that's mm-hmm. true
0: yeah i th- i think like the more amount of work that I put into a session or a campaign Um, because sometimes if you're running a campaign your prep doesn't will either be more than you needed and you can just carry that into the next couple weeks or your prep will be like dreadfully short and they'll blast through everything you had and then you're making it up for the last hour of a session yeah um but prepping for a a campaign is a little different than like prepping for a one shot or like having a module ready to go. Um, so what, what would you say for somebody that's like new, um, is either running a module or like a smaller, more localized adventure, like maybe three sessions or a one shot? Like what, what do they need to do?
1: I, this is, I'm going to sound vague and I'm going to explain it more. So bear with me for a sec. But I'm going to say the most important thing you need to bring to a session is an understanding of what you want the shape to be, right? What, what are you trying to make this session be? And this is in the area of, like, is it a dungeon delve? Is it a mystery? Is it a monster of the week thing? But it, it's, it's a bit more abstract than that, where it's what, what are the players going to be doing in an abstract mm-hmm. sense. Is it, is it more focused in combat? Is it more focused in interaction? You know, just the overall feeling you want the session to have, which is not super specific. And, mm-hmm. but as we go, I'll kind of keep calling back to the shape as we explain yeah. other aspects of prep that hopefully will make it make more sense. Cause I hate being vague. Um,
0: well, to, to be obnoxious and bring another shape up a shape that I think about when I'm prepping sometimes is just like a triangle with yeah. the points being exploration, role-playing, and combat.
1: Oh, that's actually... And, no, go ahead. Sorry.
0: And and so with that, um, if I know that the session I want to be high-impact and I want to be high-action, then I'm going to be all the way, like most of the way, into that combat corner of the triangle with maybe some exploration mixed in or maybe a bit of role-playing too. Um but, you know, if they just broke into the baron's keep and alerted the guards, well, that next session is probably going to be all combat slash running.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, a very, that's a very great way to think about it. The, the big thing is you need to know how you want to think about your session. Because when you said triangle, I took it in a very different direction that is yeah. equally valid. I thought of a triangle as in the literal shape, and you can have it flipped so the players are entering the session from the base or they're mm-hmm. entering from the point. And so what that means for me is a GM, I need to know all of the different ways they could start the session if it's a wide triangle and they're moving towards the tip where there's going Mm -hmm. to be a clear ending, right? Say we're working towards the climax, they're going to meet the big bad guy, right? They could have a variety of ways to get there, but at some point they have to meet the big bad guy. That's the tip. Or if I'm doing a dungeon delve or a mystery, I have an inverted triangle. They're starting at the tip. There's a very specific starting point they enter the dungeon mm-hmm. they discover the murder and then from there there's a million places they could go and the ending therefore
0: is something i need to be prepared for yeah that's a that's a cool way of looking at it like are you are you hinging this whole next session or next group of sessions on one particular scene or one particular physical bottleneck mm-hmm. then you're starting at a finite point and branching out or are you are things kind of free-floating, and then you're narrowing down towards the next mission, yep. the next clear goal that your group should have, the next intervention it, it, um, it. from the bad guy or from an ally or whatever. Yeah,
1: it can even be um, a time-based thing, right? They start out with a lot of, or or options. They have a lot of options, and the farther they go through the session, the fewer options they have, mm-hmm. and that that moves them. So could
0: you something. could you blow that? up in perspective and say you know this is what the whole campaign is going to be or this is what this like story arc is going to be it's going to start out wide and get really narrow
1: oh absolutely you could you could if you wanted to use that metaphor to describe planning entire campaigns where you just decide where you want what shape of triangle right Mm -hmm. and then some areas will just be like a square where it doesn't matter and it's just going to be wide and stay wide in other words other places it's a line right? You can use shapes to describe the entire thing. And gosh, I want to write an article about that now because that's a really cool way to think about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another way, since we're talking about like more abstract, like philosophy behind planning, uh, another way that can be very useful is looking at uh, shows and movies and video games. Yeah. Like, what are some formats that you really like? Uh, and trying to emulate that in your game because this is we're telling a story, and most of those mediums that I just mentioned also tell stories. Yeah. So um, I think video games are like the fastest plug-in. Um, as far as there are very clear mechanics in a video game that incentivize different behavior. So if you have a game like Grand Theft Auto where it's you have a bunch of points on a mini map that you can run around and you start a mission at a point and that brings you to another point, but you can kind of do whatever the hell you want on the way, you know, that's a very, that's the sandbox style of game is very different um, than say uh, some of the like narrative driven games or even there's a lot of games that are like choose your own adventure in a sense where like this choice brings you to here. And then that means you can't go to here. Yeah, that, that,
1: That's D and D right. It, yeah. In general, taking a, an action is going to prevent you from taking a different one, at least at the same time. Um, I guess to, to make things a little less abstract, now I've kind of hit a variety of ways that hopefully like your brain latched onto one of those. And it's like, okay, that makes sense to me. we're trying to describe here is basically when you're planning anything and for now we're going to try to stay focused on a session um you need to kind of know what your start and end state are going to look like right that's what we're talking about when we say the shape the triangle or is it a combat one is it a social interaction one you need to know what the players are walking in and sitting down at at the start and in general what the finished session is going to look like. That way you can say, okay, good job, go home. And you end it so then it's a satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's a very, I, I, I would say, arguably the easiest place to start a session. There are probably edge cases where it's like, nah, I don't have that. I'm actually yeah. working on one right... In, mm, sort of working on one like that right now. But in general, you need to have at least one of those two. Right? Okay. And so, let's... Should we talk a bit more about what if we let's talk some examples I guess that we can get more a bit concrete um, Yeah,
0: so so let's say we're having a like mid-level adventure like level seven mm-hmm. and they are going to a political gathering. What would what would you and what would you need to have prepared for that?
1: That is a very loaded question, and uh-huh. I think you know exactly why. Um, yeah. The, the biggest The biggest caveat and question I have is how long has this campaign been going on, mm-hmm. and how long have the players been involved with the political parties that are going to be involved with this gathering?
0: I see what I would say is you know they're low level so they might know one person here okay but they got brought here to like give evidence okay. or to to give their case
1: they're doing like the, the courtroom episode so to speak yeah okay because yeah that, that's the big question right is if, if the players already know everybody there and d- this has been a building up to moment then I don't have to prep very much but this is sort of they are being introduced to a bunch of people. Right, that mm-hmm. ostensibly are going to be involved in the later arcs of the campaign. So, for me, I do not have to plan the court scene a ton, you know, or or them presenting evidence. The court scene is going to be the metaphor I'm going to keep using because it's just easier for people. Mm-hmm. To like, yes, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, because everybody's seen a court scene episode of something. They know that there's going to be some people trying to prove them mm-hmm. wrong. They're they're trying to prove everyone that they you know whatever we're trying to tell you say it's the Fellowship of the Rings, and yeah. we are bringing the One Ring.
0: It's 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 the UN and the players are being brought in as the local people to present the problem that's happening. Yeah, we whatever. have to
1: convince people there's reason to take action, right? Yeah. Um, that's pretty straightforward. I need to know the players involved. Right. That that's that's gonna be the biggest thing because mm-hmm. that's gonna determine everything else that moves forward. I'm gonna to want to have not like crazy details, but I'm gonna pick the sort of archetype that person is. I'm gonna pick the politician that's antagonistic to the players. That's just like mm-hmm. you know the the denialist. That's like nah, it's not a problem. I don't necessarily the devil's advocate. Yeah, I don't need to know why they're against them. Mm-hmm. If I do, that's helpful though, right? Yeah. Because if I if I know they're gonna do a heel turn and betray the UN, that's important. But. I'm going to leave myself open to it and not close any doors so to speak. Um, yeah. so I want to know the role they play. I want to know, you know, the the supporter, the neutral parties. And then once I have kind of everybody sorted into those three categories, supporter, neutral and antagonist, I'm going to look at why they think that. Cuz okay. Cuz to me that so so yeah. this
0: to to you in this scene, like what makes sense is like a number of new political people to introduce them to
1: yeah yeah i need to know who they're meeting right and then yeah
0: i mean i like to me i wouldn't want to do more than like five or six yeah people that they're meeting because uh, then it becomes overwhelming for me because if i'm going to answer all those questions you just asked you know what are what are their basic traits what is what do they think about the players are they antagonistic mm-hmm. are they automatically friendly are they neutral um I don't want to do that for twelve people, and then also introduction is going to take forever. And and
1: beyond introductions, like the, the players are just going to have a hard time keeping them sorted. Yeah. Right? And I know me as the GM, I'm going to forget at least three of those twelve. So really, if I make twelve, I have nine, and if I have nine, I might as well just have six. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like ultimately, like if you want your you, the the people are meeting this meeting to be more impactful, yeah. then keep it smaller. Right? That way they can yeah. recognize them and it's not as much of a burden on you, the GM, to mm-hmm. keep shifting gears between these people. Cause in this sort of scene, the next thing I want to do after know what group they fall into is yeah. why they believe that. Because if the player's there to try and convince people to go to war, you know, it, I obviously dice are going to be rolled, but I want to know how I can modify those dice. And so mm-hmm. a brief mechanic interlude. How do you set the DC? Yeah. You know,
0: how do you, how do you determine how difficult the, the pitch is going to be to make? Yeah,
1: like if someone's, it, we have to, you know, the devil's advocate, the denialist, who's like, no, there's no war, right? There's no threat. Mm-hmm. If they're saying that because they live in a gilded cage, then a single key piece of evidence that breaks that, that cage, them out of that metaphorical cage will flip them to a supporter. Right, that's a yeah. very classic trope. You know, you you take, um. You take the king out to the streets, and he sees the the starving people, and he's like, "Oh, we need to save the children," or whatever. If they're denying it because they're in on the war, no amount of persuasion is going to convince them, and they're going to try and obfuscate evidence. Yeah, right? that's going to change. Yeah, that yeah
0: so uh, so, um, a quick and dirty way to do this. So let's say we have the same scene. Um, the party is meeting up with the local or national bigwigs to say, hey, we have this problem. We need larger people to help us get resources to fight this problem. Um, You can just say, hey, there are six people. One of them is an automatic ally. One of them is automatically going to be opposed, and the other four are up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah. And then literally just put, you know, a, this one's a 12 DC, this one's a 13 DC, this one's a 14 DC, or you could, uh, and then make it a skill challenge. That would be like the simplest way to do it or whatever your system that you're using has. There's usually something for that, like a not necessarily combat, uh, way to handle an encounter. So then you can just handle it like that and however many points they get is how many people they convince yeah and you could you could have them literally do a skill challenge and only roll for it or you could have give the players a chance to make oral argument and if you as the gm think that their argument would be convincing you can give them a bonus on their roll or drop the dc by a point
1: and and that oral argument does not have to be like in character it could be here's the evidence we are presenting and yeah, and likely it'll flow between the two, you know. They'll they'll have a, a monologue about the suffering, and then be like, "Also at the end, I'm going to bring up these two points." That's typically mm-hmm. the average you're going to hit, and that's that's very appropriate. Um, it's. I, I would you agree there?
0: Yeah, um, let's flip the script a little bit. We did the political. Let's kind of walk through the same process mm-hmm. with a uh, like a exploration mostly focused session okay. like what what kind of prep we would do for that like the long form prep like if we were going to have you know three four five hours to prep yeah what would we do and then what would we do with like one hour of prep time what's the bare minimum we have to have ready um, yeah for me if i'm doing exploration i i need to know the setting so are they going into this dark haunted forest are they going into a dungeon are they exploring swampland? Are they looking around a city? Are they trying to find information in a populated area or a desolate area? Um, And that is going to inform. Then I would move from that to what kind of encounters they can have because they're exploring. Uh, So then I would just come up with a handful of encounters, five to 10, if I was really feeling crazy and I knew they were going to be in the area for a while, I might do more than that, and then it'll save me prep time later. Um, but if I if I'm just focusing on this area, they're exploring the spooky forest for the next session, then I would come up with like five encounters they could have, and then what would make them hit those encounters. You know, is it actual space? Am I going to say do you go to the Northwest or whatever side of the thing? Or am I just going to say, Hey, if they, I'm going to roll on a random table or am I going to do it depending on how successful they are doing their survival check? Yeah. There's, there's kind of lots of ways to to handle that. Um, But yeah, they're trying to find a abandoned grave in the spooky forest. So I would, I have the location spooky forest what lives there i would come up with some enemy types you know there's probably some maybe a ghost or two that wanders around uh, maybe it is actually haunted or maybe it's uh two bogs that live there and don't want anybody on their lawn and they make <laughs> a bunch of illusions to scare everybody away
1: yeah um i would say that's for a, a typical exploration, that's that's very similar to what I would do. Um, the the big question I would have to ask, um, and and for the sake of simplicity, um, I'll I'll pick one. But typically, it'll be: Are they exploring just to explore, or are they exploring to find a place? Right, mm-hmm. like yeah, you know, they they hear that. What's the goal yeah. for the party? You yeah. need to know what the goal is. That way, you can do things that will engage the players and the characters in whatever their goal is. If it is you know hey we've heard about this this ancient cairn uh, to a great hero and we need to get the macguffin from there to go do other aspects of the main quest right
0: but we hey uh danny danny's not here but what's a macguffin oh that is
1: fair macguffin is any object which is needed to move the plot
0: forward um so lots of lots of movie franchises have mcguffins yeah infinity stones infinity or,
1: stones uh king arthur's sword
0: i mean the thing the thing you have to have otherwise you can't unlock the door yeah you know so in any video game where you get a grappling hook that lets you go to the next area
1: yeah. uh like the one ring right whether it's a tool to get somewhere, or if it's just the vehicle that moves the plot forward, the one ring from Lord of the Rings is like the quintessential MacGuffin. Everything's about the ring, even though the ring itself does crap all right. Mm -hmm. It's just, it will do bad things if it gets to the wrong spot. Um, Yeah. Anything you need to move the plot forward. So, you know, we need to go get the, the Holy sword of sacred power from the ancient warriors grave, but it's been hidden in the wild forest. So their goal is to get through the forest to find the grave. And so, mm-hmm. you have a variety of ways you can do it. You could map the whole forest out. That's kind of a boring way to do it, I would say, because they're not likely, because they're not likely to need to go back,
0: right, to the mm-hmm. to the to grave. I I wouldn't say that's necessarily a boring way. I think that could be engaging. I think that might be more work than is worth it. Yeah,
1: I think that's a more appropriate way to put it.
0: Yeah, because if you're like you said, if they're not going back to this place, and it's not something that you could like reuse later, then like that's a lot of work to put in. Yeah, like to map out an entire forest. You might do areas of a forest. Like there's a little swamp here, and there's this, and there's this. Yeah, and then, you know, you could do survival rolls. And then, if you wanted to be really nitty gritty, you could do you know they they do their rolls to get whatever direction they're going in, and the more badly they roll the more off of true they are from their intended things and you would have to map the whole forest to do that and say oh they ended up in the swamp instead of by the ruins yeah um, but you wouldn't have to do like every square foot of the forest i would just do like this circle is this a place of interest like all it's all broken trees and something obviously happened here yeah this area is a swamp with noxious gas or whatever
1: yeah your, your time is better spent not mapping out every square root foot of the forest instead making the dungeon they're going to cooler right if, yeah. if you're if you're going to map something map the dungeon and make that really dope um but uh lost my thought for a sec the a way if you want to spice it up a little as far as just like planning this out um, you know, Trevor talked about like there's the encounters you can hit, you, and and the, the the method that activates the encounter, whether it's a, a random roll, whether it's they, they pick one road versus another. Um, you, you can or you know they fail a survival check. You can mix all of those, right? You have sort of a, a vague path through the forest with encounter areas and events along the way, and then if they fail a skill check of some sort, they get bumped to a different one along the way to their original route or mm-hmm.
0: um a, a way that I've, I've heard it described is like technically everything in D D is a dungeon. Yeah. You know, like it's just when you're doing overland travel or exploration, it's not as defined of a space. Like there's not literally a trap here that if you only step here, you will step on it. It is, there are all these potential rooms quote unquote that you could walk into but the room might be a traveling merchant the room might be a haunted tree the room might be uh a kid that's lost in the woods
1: and the the interesting thing to me more so than the rooms when you describe it like that is the the hallways between rooms that's the area where you can really make it feel like they're exploring because the encounter is going to feel like an encounter you know regardless of how you frame it a kid lost in the woods. Is a kid lost in the woods. You can do a lot with that, and that's very good. But <clears throat> when you look at the way they move between the encounters, that's how you can make things spicy.
0: But uh, but only you can only hear the kid if you're walking through the swamp with the gigantic lightning bugs, or you know, if you you can only hear the kid in these two other encounters. Yeah,
1: you know, so you only find the, encounter, the kid in that way. Or if you take if if you take so many side hallways. You know, too many encounters along the way it changes another one right there's yeah. someone who needs to get rescued as like a little side quest. you know some some village person's like oh on your way to the the place my husband's been in the woods for a couple of days and it hasn't come back and if they get there before three encounters the woodsman is alive if they're there after three encounters regardless of the path they took he's dead Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah and that's a very simple thing that doesn't keep take a lot of tracking at the table no but makes it but makes it feel impactful like if if they see like if you're going to do that example what i would do is they find an axe obviously and like a partially chopped tree and like signs that somebody ran away with something chasing them
1: yeah the more you can breadcrumb that in advance the more they will mm-hmm. recognize that time has value
0: yeah and then if they don't track it immediately and they go and do other things then three scenes later they find a dead body that's been not on by animals that's obviously the guy who owned the axe
1: and it's super right? fresh right
0: yeah yeah um so so you can do a lot of stuff with that and like make exploration super flavorful and impactful and do it in a lot of different ways you can really have it be narrative or gritty like survival um
1: yeah you can use but... the, the same time mechanic to be like you need x amount of supplies right if you're doing like vast mile by mile overland travel as opposed to like in an individual forest mm-hmm. you know every time they have a certain number of encounters they need to have a certain number of resources and so the more distracted they get the more time they waste having, you know, having to get resources or getting penalized for not having them, and then yeah, you know, because it's always like the oh, we're just going to do a survival check to see if you have a random fight on the way to the city. You're going to get a long rest after the fight, so the fight doesn't mm-hmm. matter.
0: And and if you don't care about exploration as much, or like your pl- players don't like it, um, or you haven't found a great way to do it, honestly, I found that I just didn't do exploration in a very fun way for a little while. And that's why nobody liked it. Um, so that's something that you can like get better at and figure out how to make it a little more interesting. Um, but it takes time. Like yeah. any, any amount of good prep takes time. So basically you, we've talked about, you need the setting, you need some sort of mechanic. Um, and there's lots of discussion online about different ways to do it. Um, We've mentioned a few of them, like rooms, or having uh, these specific events that trigger when certain things happen, or having it tied to a skill check. There's lots of mechanics to tie to it, but what you need is the setting, you need encounters that can be had in the setting, and then what is getting the players through their exploration. Yeah. Um, and, And that's like the mechanic that leads from room to room
1: whether that's a, a skill check them just picking a place to go because the, the forest is just basically a maze it, it could be any number of things you could have i i'm at a loss for a couple because um, i was thinking uh, of something else but
0: well yeah you could think i i do like a random table a decent amount yeah because it still feels like you're exploring um but it's not necessarily like tied to anything, so you just have all these ideas of what could be there, and then, well, you you roll it, and then they run into this versus this. And and, and
1: table tables are important. Like um, <clears throat> maybe it's just the areas of the the internet that I'm in, but I feel like random tables are either over or underemphasized, um, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. They they are a tool that should be used for a specific purpose. In the case of like exploration, a random table allows you to have s- separate between aspects of the the exploration that you want them to guaranteed see. The yeah. aspects that it doesn't matter what they see, they just need to see something.
0: Yeah, don't things to put on the random table shouldn't be. <laughs> things that they need to find for the story because if they have to hit all 15 options on the random table and the very last one they get is the place they're supposed to go that's a grind that's boring yeah like it's repetitive
1: the the table allows you to shorthand areas where it's like the the extra you know hour of planning out this segment of the exploration is not going to pay off compared to where i could otherwise spend that hour and so mm-hmm. i i know where we're gonna start we have this little woodsman arc because they talked to the lady last session and she asked him but so we're gonna have you know the entrance the woodsman's place and the exit everywhere in between those doesn't matter as much because the rest is
0: gonna be really really fleshed out and that's fine I, that's, i'm glad you good. said said that i i don't think i was super clear on that when i was talking about having like rooms and encounters yeah um That you should have a beginning and a middle and an end, you know? There should should be... They need to have a goal that they're getting to. And, like, when does the exploration start? Is it as soon as they hit the road? Or is it once they get to the spooky woods? Yeah, that's fair. Um, Because a lot of times I want to do the nitty-gritty, but not everybody likes the... Okay, here's how many days you're going to spend on the road, and here's how many rations you'll have to eat, and doing watch for every night on the way there. If it's, if they're level fourteen adventurers and they are walking on a well-traveled road that's patrolled,
1: nothing. Just have them, get, them,
0: just have them get to the location and then have the cool shit happen there.
1: Like, like unless you're going to use a fight or encounter (coughs) to signpost for future events like they're they've been on this road before and suddenly there's a dragon or you know something has changed but in general yeah if they're mid to high level adventurers in an area they've been before that is
0: safe they'll probably teleport and fly everywhere anyway but yeah Um, because they're lazy you get lazy once you get those cool cool spells man
1: so a question for you Trevor before we move on to like dungeon or combat planning Mm -hmm. um we're talking about the types of planning we can do how do you decide what kind of planning you need to be doing because that's important right we talked about having a direction for the players to go is pretty important having a direction for the Mm -hmm. GM to go and planning is equally as important
0: yeah um I
1: know I totally derailed your train of thought and
0: I'm sorry yeah (laughs) no you're good you're good I take it back to like what is actual actually useful for me to prep so if i know the context of what's happening next session or what i would like to happen next session that's step one then i need to break it down into things that i absolutely have to have ready or it's going to be a hot mess Mm -hmm. things i would like to prep and things that are like extra credit yeah if i have time so so i kind of break it down like that and for me, my skill set is I'm very good at, at like, improving situations. I'm very good with monster stat blocks and like knowing how to balance combat quickly on the fly, mm-hmm. because I've played D and D fifth edition for a long time now. Same. I, I so I don't need to spend very much time doing that. Sometimes like. There's been times where we've done an all-combat encounter, and I haven't come to the table with a monster stat block at all.
1: Oh, I've, I've done the same. Like, Whatever you think about bounded accuracy and, and the m- mathematic pro- properties mm-hmm. of 5th edition, as a GM, that is an enormous boon. I understand it can feel limiting as a player, but the fact that I can just say an 18 AC is going to be at 5th level pretty hard for everything to hit, but they will hit it. Mm-hmm. Is pretty amazing, where yeah, playing that, like I, three five Pathfinder or old school D anD D, saying uh, this thing's got an AC of zero, so the wizard the the warrior's gonna hit it every single time, the wizard's gonna hit it only if he uses spells, and the rogue might hit hit it if she's backstabbing it. Like that's mm-hmm. that's very hard to like balance in my head, right? What that's yeah. actually gonna look like?
0: Yeah, I I, I have most experience with with fifth, fifth edition at the current point. So I would, I'm not going to spend much time prepping monsters because I know that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on like individual story scenes unless it's something that's very important. Yeah. Um, because I am pretty good at hitting those off the cuff as long as I know the beats I want to hit. So if I know that that an important NPC is going to come and talk to the characters and they have things to say. I might do bullet points of what they want to say. Yeah. Information they want to share, but I'm not going to write it all out. Um, and I also... I usually don't do location descriptions ahead of time. Interesting. Um,
1: I didn't expect that one.
0: Uh, I, do you feel like that comes across in our game? No. Because I... I'm pretty good at pulling that shit out of my ass. And I probably shouldn't have said shit out of my ass, but (laughs) I'm pretty good at pulling location descriptions out of my ass and just running with them. You
1: know, now that you mentioned, Uh, it, I'm kind of glad we don't game in person anymore, dude. I was wondering what that funky smell was, and it must have been (laughs) your hands.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, so, like, I don't prep those stuff. So to bring it back to the question that you asked, as, as I've been ranting about random things for a while, I don't worry about the things i am good at i prep the things that i suck at uh that is just more useful it's a better use of my time yeah so if i want to have a dynamic and cool combat map i need to spend some time doing that or if if there's a dungeon uh, so i spend a lot of prep time on maps honestly i spend a lot of prep time on finding magic items because I usually don't roll uh, random loot for magic items. Uh, it depends. Sometimes I do, but most of the time, I just try to cater it to the group or something I think it would be funny to see the group try and use. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I'll spend a lot of time doing that. Um, and then the rest of the time, I spend looking at like the overall feel that I want for it and figuring out what... Um, Mechanics I can use, what uh, storytelling devices I can use to get that feel to come across.
1: So you're saying that, you know, w- w- once you kind of figure out the direction you're going, you're gonna figure out mm-hmm. what prep is gonna move this, the resulting session towards your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and so when talking, especially like for newer GMs, right? We kind of went kind of deep, a little faster than we intended to because we're excited. Sorry, guys. We, yeah, we we. we on Tuesday we had a, a live session with uh, Danny and Dave um which was just great uh, it was first one in a while and then Trevor and I were just like hey should we do this prep episode and we talked for like 2 hours <laughs> about the yeah. prep episode so we're really excited but um for a, a newer GM what are some some ways you would recommend them to figure out what direction the session could or should go because sometimes there, it is mandated, right? You mentioned yeah the context of the previous episode indicates they're moving to a new place and everyone is interested in an exploration session. Yeah, yeah that, that's part of why um, wrapping up a session with like talking about the session is important. Um, yeah, for example, right now the one I'm prepping for on Sunday. <clears throat> dating the episode somehow in the fact that it's not Sunday um, the my players are going to go and infiltrate high society um, mm-hmm. the only reason that is happening at all is because at the end of the previous session I was like, I was like sweet you guys effectively have a free day in the game how are you guys going to spend it and they've decided that they've been slumming it up for a while and gotten the context and the background and perspective of the people in the slums And they want to go and see if it is actually true, the things they're hearing. Very Mm -hmm. valid and very real. And so as a result, I can say this is an exploration session. But as opposed to exploring a physical space, they are exploring the culture of
0: the city to see. So so we we talked about earlier, you have these encounters, these rooms, Mm -hmm. except those are all social encounters this time. Yeah. So that, like that's an interesting way to think about it and and like having that context means a lot so it's hard to give like super generic advice of like hey here's what everybody should do yeah um I think having a clear goal and ways to get to that goal are like the most essential things to have prepped so and then and then having some background detail around yep. it so.
1: so would you say that a, a fair way, if, if that's something that you feel yourself struggling with as a GM, and, and sometimes there's been times like, obviously we are both experienced, it's safe for me to say because I'm me, but I'm going to say, I'm going to assume the same is true for you, where sometimes you do come to a session or come to plan a session, and you're like, I don't have a direction, right? Yeah. Would, would you agree that it's a sound advice to say, hey, as part of your session wrap up, if you feel there's not a solid direction something that sounds interesting just like hey here's a couple of ideas i have because we have sort of a freebie session next week right it's it's a lower plot beat the stakes aren't high it's going to be sort of you can do whatever here's Mm -hmm. an idea i had that would be fun do you want to do it i i I had that uh there's a very specific one i have in my mind because talking about prep it's the one i prepped out the most as an exploration one where i knew a player wasn't going to be there and we just had wrapped up a huge plot arc and I didn't want to start the next one, so we had, effectively, a down episode, so to speak, to put it in like TV mm-hmm. show sense. So I was like, hey, yeah. do you guys want to go explore this forest and do just a side quest there? And they're like, yeah, that sounds great. We, we've been wanting to go there, and the plot hasn't taken us there, so let's go explore it. Mm-hmm. And that way, I get to go and prep something that's exciting for me. I don't have to worry that the players are going to be like, dude, what is this? What This is a curveball. Because yeah. they're already expecting it.
0: Yeah, uh, you gave the um, example of like a triangle, having the triangle for the shape. You know, it starts at a narrow end and expands mm-hmm. out, or expand, or starts as a funnel and funnels down. Um, if you don't have a lot of time to prep, or aren't as experienced as a GM, or aren't comfortable with improvising a lot, like you want to have everything planned out, don't accept that shape do a rectangle every time yeah they are starting at this end of the rectangle they are working towards this end of the rectangle here are there are one or two options in every layer on their way that they can run into yeah absolutely. and you can have way more control over that um so that that's another way to think about it is you know hey they they need to get x they just got asked to go get this flower in the middle of the haunted woods we were talking about earlier yeah. They're getting this MacGuffin to heal, heal the farmer in the town. So, what tasks do they need to complete to get the flower?